Season 2, Episode 5 with Justin Jackson. Alright, alright, I can't wait to get into this episode today. This is a special episode somewhere in the mix of our Season 2 story arc uh, of Devin Walker and I launching our new products. Uh, and specifically, my new product today, Julep, is finally available uh, for beta uh, testers. If you're on the list, I suggest that you do if you want to check it out. It's getjulep.com, G-E-T-J-U-L-E-P.com. That's Julep like drink. Uh, that I enjoy so much. So Julep is a great plugin for adding text on top of your WordPress images. So if you're doing a lot of content marketing, blogging, you're doing a lot of quotes in between uh, your content articles, especially if you're doing like story form, long form content, Julep allows you to embed text right into an image. And uh, it doesn't overlay it with CSS and whatnot. It just actually creates a uh, creates an image uh, with text in your original photo. So you can check that out. I wanted to announce that today. That is actively available. If you go over to getjulip.com, you can sign up and get that for free uh, in this beta testing. It's still a beta plugin. I'd recommend you to use it on a, on a site that you know isn't getting millions of hits a, <laughs> a day. Uh, but we haven't seen any problems with performance or otherwise. So go ahead and give that a look, if you will, and if you're already on the list, you'll be getting an email from me later today uh, to let you know where to download that. So thanks very much, uh, and that is the sponsor for today. That's GetJulep.com. Today's guest, Justin Jackson. I met Justin, not met him, but I started listening to him maybe about six months ago, uh, connected through a good friend of mine who also listens to him, uh, Brian Castle, and I just you know, fell in, <laughs> fell in love with his authenticity uh, because uh, he's just a, a real person that has a day job and he's launching products at the same time. Uh, and he's quite significantly uh, successful with launching a product uh, and, and having a day job, which I felt like would be great synergy for our show because, you know, I'm an agency running, pro- uh, trying to launch product. You're uh, maybe a, a consultant trying to launch product or an agency as well. So I've, I felt like bringing him on and, and talking about that in this season would be beneficial to all of us. And the discussion was amazing. Like I didn't even realize how much about WordPress he actually knew. And I, I was actually purposely trying to avoid talking about WordPress when I was creating my show notes. Because, I mean, he's had a plugin. He had a he had a WordPress plugin that we actually talk about that sort of that received a cease and desist letter from a sort of larger player in the field, and it was like a membership uh, electronic digital download plugin. We're going to learn about it in, in today's episode. So that story was great, but I didn't realize how much knowledge he had of WordPress and the community uh, and sort of the forward motion that we all have. So. Uh, I really do hope you enjoy this. His new book, uh, Marketing for Developers, is out today, uh, in fact, and that link is in the show notes. If you go to mattreport.com, you can grab that. And otherwise, I just want to get onto the show. It was amazing. Thanks for being a listener. Uh, again, every I know every podcaster says this, but if you could leave a review for Matt Report in iTunes, that would be amazing. You don't even have to leave a message. You can just hover over the stars. Hopefully, you leave me five. It really helps get found, uh, especially as we get into the busy holiday season. Uh, I'd really love to sort of rise in the rankings for the new year. That'd be awesome. Uh, again, search for Matt Report in iTunes. Give us a five-star review. That'd be great. Otherwise, let's jump into uh, the show. I'd like to get to 100. We're hovering at about 70 right now, so I'm sure we can 
can get there, uh, especially before WordCamp US, which kicks off uh, the first weekend of December. And uh, I'll be there. I'll also be at WordCamp New York, uh, which is on Halloween weekend. Uh, So if you're at any of those two conferences, uh, WordCamps, I'll be there. And of course, in March, Pressnomics 4 out in Phoenix. Uh, that's always an awesome business time, so I'll check you out there as well. And today's a special podcast. You've been following along in season two. Things have been a little bit different. We're following along and talking uh, with my good friend and co-host, Devin Walker, and we're talking about the different products that we're launching. I'm launching a new product called Julep. Uh, Devin is launching a whole host of other plugins, uh, but today... Uh, the man uh, that invented products, actually. You invented products. I, I checked it out on Wikipedia before we hit record. You invented products. So, Justin Jackson, welcome to the program, sir. Thanks, man. I'm uh, just leaving you a five-star review in the Canadian <laughs> iTunes store right now. That's awesome. Thank you You've very got, much. Y- the, the Canadian iTunes store, not as important for podcast uh, <laughs> rankings, but I, I try to help out when I can. That's great. Hey, if I'm ever- so far, you're, you're batting 100 there. Yeah. You've got 100% <laughs> of your ratings are five-star reviews. So That's great. Well, thanks. Thanks for being the one to, to really uh, tee me off on that one. <laughs> oh, you've got some other reviews there, too. Yeah. Do uh, I really? Jay, Jay Roxy says, this is a really well-done podcast. Oh, the wow. interviews are interesting, and I can always learn something useful. The host is well-prepared, easy to understand and asks good questions oh man so <laughs> jay like, roxy zero one that, that's that is a great review it's probably a better review than i get in the u.s it's amazing uh, how that <laughs> happens um so today join us of course uh, i've been a, I, I you know I, i'm not embarrassed to say it but i think i found you at, through adam clark in the last uh six to eight months man and i've just latched on to everything that you've been doing and uh you do a you do a ton of stuff right so in the WordPress world, I do a ton of stuff. I have a services company. I do a plugin. I have themes, uh, other various services. I have this podcast. I do some consulting through this podcast. And people are like, man, you're crazy for doing all of this stuff at yeah. once. Uh, you, sir, are 10x crazier than I am because, one, you have a day job. You have like 3,000 kids and you have 3,000 <laughs> products. I don't know <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Uh, but for folks who don't know who you are, can can you give us that elevator pitch of who you are and what you do? Uh, sure. Uh, I think my story is pretty simple. I uh, I got into the software industry in 2008 and kind of worked my way up in a software as a service, uh, a web app called Mailout, and um, eventually became the product manager there. And at one point, I decided to uh, work remotely, uh, move to British Columbia, and uh, so my kids could learn how to ski and all that. And uh, I think the thing that really changed that year is uh, this fellow from Edmonton, Kyle Fox, said, why don't you and I start a podcast about products, about the people who make products? And that became a a podcast called Product People. And in the midst of doing, I think we've done 75 episodes or something like that, um, I said, you know, I want to start making things again. Uh, My wife and I had kind of put side projects on hold while our kids were really young. And um, during that time, it was like, you know, our kids were starting to get into school. And I thought, you know, I want to start making my own things again. I'd always been into making stuff. And uh, that's what I've been doing kind of the last three years. Uh, I started out with uh, a little book was my first kind of small product. It was called Amplification. And since then, I've done, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. 
Um, right now, I'm working on a, a new book called Marketing for Developers. Uh, it's going to be out right away. There's a bunch of people uh, in a paid beta for that right now. And uh, yeah, I've, I, I also did a podcast called Build and Launch. I really enjoyed year. that. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, uh, basically the idea was I would build and launch a product every week. And because of that, uh, you know, I did, I can't even remember how many episodes I did, but there's all these projects that some of them were, you know, actually shipped and um, uh, others I, I've continued to work on since then. So there's a, a, a web app called Network Effects. There was a, a little guide called the Product Hunt Handbook. Um, there's an online community called Product People Club. Uh, so, oh, and there was a WordPress plugin called Product Press, uh, and we can get into that a little bit later. So, yeah, and are, are of, those still all perpetually uh, successful, or are they sort of uh, you know tailing off in terms of time and sort of fizzling out a little bit? Or it's interesting when you launch a bunch of things really quickly, you get to see kind of how um, you know different things. Uh, what the uptake is on different things. Mm. So like the Product Hunt Handbook, um, I don't know if I have my numbers right in front of me here, but you know, it did well right away. Like it took me like 14 hours or something to do it. And I think, you know, it sold, uh, let's see if I can bring up my numbers here. It sold about $3,500. Mm-hmm. So for a 14 hour investment, that's a pretty, that's yeah. a pretty good deal. 266 sales. Uh, you know, roughly $15, 10 to $15 a pop. Yeah. So um, that one, it was just like instantly, like dollars were coming in. Um, the the plugin's been interesting. That I, I've never done a plugin before. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely been a slower, um, like a slower, I want to say burn, but burn's the wrong word. Yeah. Um, a slower kind of development. Uh, like this past week, we had, you know, a bunch of sales. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I I'm doing that with a partner, so I, I can't exactly say how many how many we've done, but you know it's about let's say thirty to forty sales so far, mm-hmm. and it's kind of picked up steam over time. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I think about a lot is something like a book or a course, something that can be consumed immediately, or at least uh, a lot of people just like put them in a Dropbox folder called books and courses, right. um, <laughs> but. It, it has kind of this immediate satisfaction, uh, and uh, maybe we could get into this a bit later. But I, I've do you know the jobs to be done theory? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for anyone that doesn't know, jobs to be done very simply is that we don't just buy products; we hire them to do certain jobs. And some of these jobs are utilitarian, but a lot of these jobs are emotional. So take for instance a book. Um, sometimes people just want the emotional satisfaction of knowing that they have this resource if they need it. Um, other, for other people, buying the book makes them feel like they've already accomplished what the book promises. Yeah. Uh, so they don't even need to read it. They just need to have it. And once they have it, they feel like you know, they're, they're, they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. It just goes into that Dropbox folder and it's fine. And, and literally, they're spending the money just to feel like, you know, okay, I've got this if I need it or you know, I'm getting serious about submitting my project to product hunt or whatever it is. And, you know, they do it and then that's done. Mm-hmm. Something like product press. So product press is a gumroad plugin for WordPress. So if you're selling, a good example is for my new book. I'm selling the book in PDF, EPUB, and Mobi. 
but I want to offer an online version as well. And so I'm selling, you know, the the files through Gumroad, but I want to have an online version that is only accessible, you know, with username and password on WordPress. Mm -hmm. And so if you buy my new book, um, you get the EPUB, Mobi, etc. But then my WordPress site sends you a username and password and you can log in and read the book online. And that's all accomplished through Product Press. So it's a really cool plugin. It's it has all sorts of uses. Um, you t kind of take the power of Gumroad and the power of WordPress, and you smush them together. So you can build membership sites. You can build online courses. You can do kind of basically anything you would previously use a membership plugin for. You can use this for, mm -hmm. and uh, it costs way less than most of the, especially the online course providers, um, and. Uh, the people that have used it so far love it. The, the difference with that is that a plugin like that, and I think this is the plugin market in general, people look at it and go, okay, I could use that someday. Right. But it's not like a book where they're like, okay, I'm going to download it now and then you know, I'll put it in a folder and you know, wait for when I need it. Um, sometimes people will do that if you give them a, a sale or a discount, but most often people are like, okay, yeah, when I launch my online community, I'll go and find this and I'll, you know, I'll buy it. Right, and so there's this lag in you know the purchasing timeline. Um, is you know there might be this initial trigger of ah oh, you know one day I'd love to run my own community site, to maybe something happens where, you know they get a bunch of people signing up for their email list and they're like you know what I actually have an audience that, I could have an online community with and then like oh yeah what was that plugin, uh, Google 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 oh right. product press <laughs> and then then they buy it right. right. So yeah, it's been interesting to see the differences between different uh, projects. Um, Product People Club, which started off, um, it was called JFDI. That is probably still to this day the the thing that had the most like insane immediate demand I've ever had. I said, you know, I'm opening up this little uh, small community for people building products. I'm going to cap it initially at 13 members. And you can sign up here. And by the end of the day, there was a waiting list of 400 people. Wow. And this is something people had to pay for. Initially, I think it was $10 a month. And it was just a campfire room. So um, it was nothing fancy. But obviously, there was a huge demand at the time you know, for that thing. Um, yeah, so kind of comparing all these things I've launched and saying, wow, wow, this one had huge uptake at the beginning and then kind of petered off. That's a, a typical book. Um, this WordPress plugins kind of had this slow, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I keep wanting to say burn, but maybe that's a good word. Slow yeah, like, like a slow growth sort of uh, yeah. uptick. Do you have slow you, did you run into anything uh, specifically challenging with building that plugin or... Uh, and, and let me let me just take a step back and 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 sort of frame this question. So I've had a lot of folks on uh, who are very genuine marketers uh, trying to get into the the WordPress software space. One being Pat Flynn with his um, podcasting uh, player plugin. Um, I've had so I had some not so uh, <laughs> not so genuine marketers on before, which will, who will re remain nameless. Okay, uh, yeah. Who who sort of just. Uh, see it as an opportunity and they hire somebody on like, you know, Odesk to build them a plugin and they don't care 
whether or not this is good software for it's actually compatible or even supporting somebody, but sort of flash in the pan, let's launch this and make a few few thousand bucks. Um, but have you had any kind of uh, bumping uh, up against any kinds of walls or speed bumps uh, in the WordPress ecosystem that you find different than sort of the general product space? Sure. Well, I mean, the first thing we ran into is we called it Productify, yep. which I thought was a, not a great name from the beginning. It's like hard to say and yep. <laughs> uh, audibly, it's hard to like type in. Yep. Uh, and uh, we had we got a cease and desist letter from Australia, and we'd already you know we'd already bought the domain name, we'd already marketed it on Product Hunt, and so that was. Uh, a bit of a speed bump. I, in retrospect, I'm glad we changed the name, uh, and you know, it's also given us opportunities. Like, for example, we can resubmit it to Product Hunt now as a new product. Um, so that you know, that was one speed bump. I, initially, you know, I've been wanting to build this plugin for a long time because it's something that I needed. Um, I was using. You know, I've used tons of different membership plugins for WordPress. So right now, Product People Club is a membership site built on uh, its uh, P2 theme, P2 child theme. Uh, and um, I wanted to you know, be able to control access and all that stuff. And I've tried a bunch of different plugins. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't like any of them. Right. And what I really liked was using Gumroad as a payment gateway. It's like the easiest checkout experience. A lot of people have their credit card on file. Um, and I wanted, I like the, they have really simple kind of analytics. So I wanted to be able to use that as the gateway, but then, you know, have those customers become users in WordPress. Uh, I've also tried some membership plugins that have like dual uh, user databases. So they have, you know, user database on this system and then they kind of try to duplicate it to WordPress. And I was like, that system is so messy. I just want a, a plugin that creates a user in WordPress and that's it. Yeah. And I want it to be a plugin. I don't want it to have any sort of web service backend. So initially it was just like, you know, I knew I couldn't build that. It was like over my head technically. And I was just looking for someone who kind of shared that same vision and who had the technical chops to do that. And um, in Product People Club, uh, one of my members is uh, Carl Alexander, and he writes a lot on uh, object-oriented PHP programming um, and specifically building object-oriented uh, WordPress plugins and applications. Uh, so he's kind of a crazy dude. And he said he wanted to you know, partner up and and make the plugin, and so that was, uh, you know, that was how I overcame that challenge. Is I <laughs> just <laughs> found this guy that was willing to do it with me. Yeah. And um, because I'd done a bunch of partnerships with Build and Launch, I have this really kind of simple partnership agreement, which is it's fifty fifty. So we each get fifty percent of the of the um, profits. Uh, in this case, Carl did all the development. And I did the website, I did the marketing, I promoted on the podcast, et cetera. And I do a lot of the non-technical customer support. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how we divided it up. And we set up a, a separate you know, PayPal account, separate Gumroad account, and um, separate Gmail account. And that's how I kind of manage all my partnerships is 50-50. And then we set up this kind of little sandbox 
uh, which you know that allows us to each get paid equally. That's awesome. I, I think a lot of folks. I mean, a lot of folks that I talk to anyway, because um, I talk to both sides of the fence. I talk to the, the, the marketers, the business owners, people who want to do sort of, uh, you know, leading the charge of, of growth and promotion. Uh, and then I talk to developers who are like, I don't trust those people over there. <laughs> I don't trust the people on the other side of the fence. Uh, you know, I don't like marketing. And we're going to talk about that, especially with your book. Um, but both of them, uh, and, and, and more often than not, sort of, um, they either have the idea or they feel like they have much more uh, of a controlling investment in the, you know, the work that they've put into the product or the idea. Uh, yeah. And they're not willing to just say, you know what, we both have a lot of work to do. Let's just do a 50-50 and let's just shake hands and, and, or, and shake hands and sign an agreement and say, maybe when we get to X level of growth, we can restructure this or bring on a third partner. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's yeah. a very good takeaway for folks listening. That's, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, I think about that a lot. You know, here's uh, equity splits, especially in the startup world, drive me crazy. Right. Uh, here's here's how an equity split would work with someone like me. So I'm an A type. I've uh, got a great network. You know, I know a bunch of people. If I'm the if I'm the initial founder, I would get most of the equity. Right. So just me being some jackass that understands marketing and has a good network, I could get you know whatever it is, seventy, eighty percent of the equity. Then if I bring on a technical co-founder, he might get, you know, whatever, 30, 40, 20, it's all over the map. But he would get a, a big share, but less. Then if we brought on a third person that was technical, they might get, you know, whatever, one to five percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then if we brought someone else that was non-technical, even if they were like me, they would get basically nothing. And so for someone like me, in if I'm playing the game, I always want to be first, right? I want to be the guy with the idea. I want to be the guy that goes out and, you know, maybe gets raises a little bit of money, maybe, you know, works the network or whatever. Uh, but depending on where I am in that timeline, my, my equity split is either, you know, like 60, 70, 80% or less than 1%. Right. <laughs> and, and for the developer, it's the same thing. You know, their, their share is either 30, 40% or, you know, maybe a bit less but so th- those things drive me crazy because th- really um uh, Gabriel Weinberg he he wrote a book called Traction uh he's the he's the guy that created duck duck uh duck duck go yep and he recommends a 50 50 split 50% of your time is spent promotion spent promoting the product spent doing customer development you know all that stuff and 50% is spent on building the product. So if that's the split that he advocates, I, I think that's a great split for two people partnering up. If one guy's gonna do, you know, all the marketing and customer development, et cetera, and the other guy's gonna do the development, that's a great kind of easy way to split up how we're you know, how you're gonna do um, the the equity split. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it's sort of refreshing to to hear that um, to hear that approach. Um, one more question about the plugin and about WordPress, uh, the sort of WordPress ecosystem in general. Uh, a lot of folks uh, that are, you know, more marketing and, and sort of promotional business oriented, they don't see this. They don't see open source as something uh, that is very valuable to their business. One, because they don't quite fully understand it. Two, they feel like it's free and they're not giving anything. They don't want to give anything away. They don't want to give away the secret sauce. Uh, any, any 
point of view from your uh, standpoint on open source? Uh, have you thought about open sourcing the plugin and, and having other developers contribute to grow it a little bit bigger? Or are you sort of happy with where it's at uh, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this. One thing is we would love to be able to, for example, have it in the, the WordPress plugin directory. Sure. Um, and there's a, there's a few challenges. One is that, uh, like, if you looked at Carl's code, it, would, it might blow your mind a bit. It's, he's doing a <laughs> lot of, he, he kind of used this plugin as, a, as an excuse to try out a bunch of object-oriented principles sure. that, are, <laughs> that are pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah. And so um, I, I think uh, it, it's, it wouldn't be a really easy plugin for, for developers to understand. It would actually probably take Carl a lot of support just to explain what's going on. Got it. So this one, in, this one does not make as much sense to have open source. You know, in general, I'm in favor of open source. I've mm-hmm. benefited greatly from open source. Um, the, I think the P2 theme is a great example. P2 theme is the, it's kind of like the, the stream, kind of a slow chat. Um, uh, is it a, it's a theme right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. There is, it's it, like the, li- it's the, sort of the, almost like their live uh, commenting plugin that they have as well, where you're just creating those updates and they're being yeah, seen exactly. in real time, like yeah, a Trello it, or something. Yeah, kind of like a newsfeed thing. Yeah. And it's, it's completely open source. Um, but there's a developer uh, named, hmm, his name's Ryan, but I can't remember his last name. Um, and he built a a uh, he built a child theme on top of it that was also free and open source. Mm-hmm. And I contacted him and I said, you know, I'd love to use this for a product people club. Um, can I, you know, hire you to make some modifications to it, customize it? And so I gave him a bunch of work um, based on his open source work. It's awesome. So I think I think open source is awesome. I, you know, first of all, it it allowed me to find P two theme. Second of all, it allowed me to find Ryan's child theme and kind of experiment with it and you know try to customize it myself. And then third, it it ended up giving him um, some personal revenue because uh, I hired him to do a bunch of work on it. So I I think open source is awesome. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. like all this opportunity to. Um, you know, discover things and share things. Uh, I, I'm also like unapologetically a, a capitalist. And I think one thing that the open source community could probably do more of is figure out ways to get developers paid. Um, one idea I had the other day was, have you ever seen the, um, this is a little bit outside the, the WordPress community, but have you ever seen the deploy to Heroku button on GitHub? Yes, I have. Yep. Okay, so that's an amazing idea. I've used that a couple times to like find open source projects, and then all of a sudden this button's there. It's like, Jesus, I can just like push this, <laughs> and I can just like deploy it to Heroku without any <laughs> work on my side. That is amazing, and it would be very simple for Heroku to add some sort of like donate to developer or just a plain old pay the developer to. Um, use this functionality. So the developer has, you know, created this thing that allows me to automatically deploy this software to Heroku. That's worth a lot of money to me. Right. And if if I see that button and it's worth a lot of money to me, I'm willing to pay for it. So the developer can still keep the code open source, but with little things like that, like the utility of being able to automatically deploy it somewhere... Let, let people pay because they're willing to pay. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's opportunities there. 
um, that where you still get the benefits of sharing open source code and having you know other people contribute to it, having other people being able to fork it and you know do their own stuff, but also get developers paid. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. And I actually, I wish that uh, WordPress. Um, would do something similar in their plugin directory. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people doing all sorts of janky things to get people to upgrade um, or basically just trying to get paid. Yeah. Like they can put thousands and thousands of hours into building the plugin. I mean, another thing we've noticed with <laughs> Product Press, by far, it is the most customer support of oh, yeah. any of the things I've released. Yep. By far. Like yep. it is way, way more work. It's like, Way more work before the purchase, way more work after. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see more developers getting paid. I'd love to see, you know, um, and I think they have a donate button right now, but I'd like to see an actual, like, you know, upgrade button right on WordPress.org that would allow people to pay the developer to to do the work. Yeah. It's it's sort of a, it's a tough battle. I've had this discussion with Matt. Mullenweg, the uh, co-creator of WordPress and founder of Automatic, and one of the things that you know we discussed was, I mean, he's in a, he's uh, in a very interesting situation where he runs Automatic and WordPress.com is sort of their revenue generator there or part of the rev- revenue generator there, uh, if not the biggest one, and that's where sort of the monetization efforts are, are going right now. Whereas yeah. .org is uh, the open source powered by the foundation or in the foundation and the community. And uh, there's no interest to monetize that. That said, they do allow folks to do the upsells. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, uh, there's a team, and, and I know this uh, very well because we create and sell WordPress themes on WordPress.org. Uh, the volunteers that approve themes sort of really uh, hold you under a microscope to say, okay, this is too much upsell, uh, you know, and, and mm-hmm. gee, do you really need to have, you know, three upsells across these options? So it mm-hmm. sort of handcuffs us to generate revenue, um, and not all the time, right? That's, you know, it's a minor thing, but there's, there's just no uh, real forward interest in that yet, although I do think uh, I do think it will eventually happen because you have uh, companies uh, that are really uh, muddying the market, the market waters, like a theme forest, uh, mm-hmm. which you know they don't give a shit what happens, right? Yeah, they yeah. they get the authors come in, they get their cut. The author doesn't have to support them. That you know they can if they want a good rating, but a majority of them don't, and the code is poor, and no one really cares. But it's still massive amounts of money coming in, uh, yeah. you know, and the and good the good developer sort of sits on the outside saying, gee, I make great code, but at the end of the day, no one cares. <laughs> They're buying the flashy product. Yeah. And in some ways, Automatics put themselves in an even more sticky situation because they just acquired WooCommerce. Right. And WooCommerce built their business off the free plugin directory. Mm-hmm. That's how that... I can't remember what the acquisition price was, but you know it was a good acquisition. And the, the automatic purchased a company that built their business off the free plugin directory. Yep. And so the I I would like to see more developers getting paid. Yeah. And to me, the the plugin directory is a great place to do that. In just in the same way that that GitHub uh, uh, deployed a Heroku button, I think would be a great way for developers to get paid and you still get the benefits of you know open source i think wordpress.org could do the same thing 
with the plugin directory. Mm. And all of a sudden, developers are now getting paid. They're now motivated to actually support the things they create. They're now motivated to write great code. Um, you know, they're now motivated to do security updates. You know, there's there's a bunch of things that happen as soon as you enable people to get paid. And it, it, it almost seems a little bit unfair because, <laughs> because <laughs> I think I think in their in their uh, you know their mission to have this open source kind of utopia, uh, I mean, they know that there's tons of not great people making a lot of money off this free directory. Um, if they can control that a little bit, I think it's better for everybody. Yeah. All of a sudden, the developers get paid better uh, and in a more direct way. And, you know, you, you kind of eliminate these these other things that are happening outside of the you know, outside of that ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, it. there's no, uh, you know, there, it, it, there's no secret that if you are on, you know, the top 10 featured themes of WordPress.org, um, you know, there are a few companies up there that do uh, their monthly uh, sort of um, uh, transparency reports on revenue. And there are a few that I know who I'm friendly with that are, they're doing like 90 grand a month. Um, off of theme sales and yeah. you know their number one theme is or their number one top selling theme is one of those top you know 10 to 15 themes on wordpress.org and you just make copious amounts of money because it's such a high traffic site uh, yeah. and with the right upsells in place uh, you can do that so there are millions of dollars that are passing through .org and, and they know it Matt knows it the foundation knows it everyone knows it um, I think they're just afraid uh, to to really address it um, my conspiracy theory is, and I don't know how tightly you follow uh, along with WordPress development, but uh, mm -hmm. they're going to be they're going to be baking in uh, a uh, an API into WordPress core. It's actually just came up uh, recently that they're you know now it's time to sort of see if whether or not this can get accepted into core, uh, mm -hmm. which will really take WordPress to an, a new level for app app creation. Um, yeah. So where you'll be able to build things now where uh, the underpinnings are WordPress, but you don't even know it. And yeah. I, I have, my gut feeling is, you know, now you're going to start seeing little micro apps being spun up, uh, powered by WordPress. And it's really going to fragment. I think the reason why WordPress has been so successful is because it's always WordPress. You know, it's WordPress. Hey, this is a WordPress site. I'm logged mm -hmm. in. I know this is WordPress. And the brand yeah. of WordPress then benefits and grows. So I'm afraid that what we're going to see happen is the early days of Android where Google was like, here, take this and, and do what you want. And then Samsung and, you know, all these, all these manufacturers sort of fragmented the experience and controlled the experience uh, till mm -hmm. now. Finally, Google's wrangling that back in and saying, no, let's control this uh, very much the opposite of, of Apple where it's just Apple uh, yeah. and it's just iOS. And I have a feeling that with this if this API does get in, which I think it will, and we start to see these apps being built, that that experience is going to be fragmented, which might disrupt the brand and say, you know, if somebody builds something and becomes popular, it's powered by WordPress, and somebody goes, that sucked. That experience sucked. Who do we blame? Oh, well, it's WordPress. And then the, it starts to dilute. Uh, or not. That's my crazy conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, the one thing that's nice about WordPress is that uh, even... Even though, I mean, there's tons of terrible sites built on WordPress. There's tons <laughs> of like terrible plugins built on WordPress. Um, and I, I think it is a little bit different than Android uh, because there's this, uh, the, the, 
it's just like, uh, what would be a better example? I mean, I think a better example would be Ruby on Rails. Yeah. So is it Ruby on Rails's fault if you implement it poorly? No, no one, no one, uh, you know, blames Ruby on Rails for a poor implementation. Mm. You know, Ruby on Rails is a great way to quickly build a web application. And I'm hoping, I've actually been following this piece for a lot, uh, a lot, a long time, um, because the idea of building apps on top of WordPress core has always been really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just going to become like another framework to build an, an application on. You get, yep. you know, you get the user uh, system automatically. You get all the security automatically. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. You can like compile it to an iOS app really easily. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. And there's like been some, uh, what was that one? There's, I think, can't remember if it was, it's not called picnic but there's oh, there's yeah. been there's been a bunch of people that have tried to you know create these things on top of WordPress to make them more to make WordPress more kind of more of a framework for building applications and I'm glad they're going to the core I think it's actually going to help WordPress a lot yeah I agree. and we're gonna, and we're going to see people building you know now if you're a PHP WordPress developer you've got you're going to have this really powerful uh, framework to use to build web apps to build uh, mobile applications like that to me is super exciting and even a hack like me <laughs> and maybe maybe this is the problem too but even a hack like me could build something that um you know c- could still be uh really well implemented yeah. just because the framework is strong yeah yeah i mean that 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 low uh barrier to entry has has always been concerning i think for those of us who are trying to do quote unquote the right way of building software not that you're not i'm not saying mm-hmm. that but just uh in general and, and and that just and that spans across from product creators and developers all the way to people you know building websites for other people right I mean, they're just sort of it's so easy to do it that they sort of just hack and cobble things together and then six months a year down the road the site's hacked you know it's got some kind of you know uh, crazy graphic flying across it. No one knows what's up. Uh, no one has the login anymore. And I think that's because it's so easy to do this. But at the same time, um, it's just a massive opportunity uh, to build mm-hmm. something. So am I hearing that you're going to build more WordPress plugins or products? Or Oh, I mean, I, I hope so. Awesome. Uh, like, the, so, like for me to be able to run Product People Club... Uh, so if you go to productpeople.club, I think I have some screenshots there. But it's it's basically like the you know a modified P2 theme um, that has you know a uh, a payment gateway on top of it, and you know some other interesting things. And there's also like because of web services now, there's so much you can do uh, as a non-developer. I, I, and I think Product People Club is a very well implemented you know. Um, it's it's kind of like a community as a service, mm-hmm. uh, and it works well. It's fast. Um, you know, I pay a lot of money for for really great hosting, and uh, I've had you know I pay good money for developers to review it and, and make sure that it's running well. And the fact that uh, someone like me could could have that and run that is amazing, right. uh, because I remember you know the late '90s when something like that would have been I don't know two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you're, you're like, yep. Like it's amazing, yeah. and so, you know, I've the first I think uh, episode three and four of Product People podcast were actually about building MVP apps with WordPress. Yep, and um, that topic is still interesting to me because 
when you have this like really solid core that you've already used, you know, a ton, and especially now that we've got, you know, we're we're moving closer and closer to automatic security updates. Um, you're, that's a really powerful application framework. Sure and, is. And um, really, I mean, like even Ruby on Rails, like they don't do automatic security updates, right? Like updating a, a Ruby on Rails app uh, with a new version can be a pain in yep. the ass. And the fact that WordPress is as close as it is, we've got these kind of like modularized idea with, you know, okay, we can add this functionality with a plugin and we can update that, uh, you know, security-wise independently of core and all this other stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it has its own challenges too, but I, I think it's actually a, a better way to, to architect it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, shifting gears away from WordPress, there's a lot more WordPress than I thought we were going to talk about, but I appreciate your well understanding of the platform. It's amazing. Um, I, I'm sure my listeners are cheering right now. Because la- <laughs> last, last time I told them I, had a, I was going to have a marketer on, they were like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so one of the things that I really uh, appreciate is your uh, willingness to sort of bear it all on on, on your podcasts, and um, I feel like, and I re- this is me sort of uh, diving deep uh, into the mind of Justin Jackson, and don't t- don't take this uh, the wrong way, but I feel like you don't uh, the way you come across on some podcast episodes, at least, I feel like you still don't label yourself. Uh, as a success, or you, or at times I feel like maybe you feel like even you feel like you haven't made it yet, uh, yeah. or at least you don't seem as proud as others that I hear on you know on on their own podcasts. Is that because um, one you don't really you haven't really felt that yet, and it's just a, sort of a gut feeling, or two is it because you're using the podcast as a way to sort of learn and improve when you talk to to guests or even just sort of report on what you're doing. Um, does that make sense? A lot of th- oh, sure, th- threads yeah. of thought there. I mean, there's a bunch of layers to that, right? Like, uh, so, you know, in a typical week or day, I'm, I might go from feeling like, oh, man, like I'm, you know, look at all my friends. They're doing all this amazing stuff, and here I am stuck doing this, and to feeling like, man, like, look at, <laughs> look what I accomplished this year. This yeah. is amazing. Um, and it, the, and, and in some ways that, that tension is, I think is healthy for me to not feel like I've made it is what kind of pushes me to want to keep making things mm-hmm. and wanting to get better. Um, I'm in a mastermind with, um, oh shoot, I used a bad word. Uh, mastermind is just like a, a yeah. weekly like get together <laughs> with, yeah. with, you know, basically accountability group. And yep. I'm in one with uh, Paul Jarvis um, and Jared Drysdale. And they're both incredible product people they and are. really talented designers. And um, Paul, especially this year, is just killing it. Uh, he's he's do- doing really well with creative class. Mm-hmm. And Jared and I are kind of just watching him going, wow, this is amazing. Like, you're, right. you're doing so great. And he just launched and, a podcast too, right? Yeah, his, and he his just launched his own, his own show, yeah. And so, you know, on one hand, I think we all feel like, oh, man, like, <laughs> yeah. I, shoot, ah, shucks, yeah. you know. But on the other hand, I go, man, this is really pushing me to want to make more stuff and make better stuff. And, um, you know, and, and with also within my context, I, I talk about this a lot, you know, like, uh, my situation is completely different than your situation, completely different than 
Jared's situation, completely different than Paul's situation. And so, you know, I think mostly I'm, I'm pretty happy with my progress. Um, but I, I don't think I'll ever feel like I've made it. Right. You know, like, w- let's say that uh, network effects becomes a really, you know, successful web application. Um, even then, like, I don't, I, I, I still want to keep building stuff, you right. know? And, um, you know, there's, there's different models of success. So, you know, two of my heroes are Jason Fried and David Hanemeyer Hansen. And for them, you know, they kind of tripped over this thing called Basecamp and it took off like a rocket and they've been kind of riding it ever since, right? Yep. They, they found their one thing that's just like for them and they never want to do anything different. Yeah. But then there's people like, um, oh, what's his name? Now I'm Drew, the guy that did Spacebox, Drew. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a sorry. I uh, he did Spacebox, Plasso, Drew Wilson. I mean, he builds tons of stuff. Yep. And and for him, he's just content building a bunch of different products. And you know, um, he hasn't found that one thing that's you know going going to define the rest of his life. He just keeps making stuff. Yeah. And so I think you know I'm I'm open to either of those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and so far it's worked out really well. Yeah. Um, I, so three years ago, I think I made, I got to get this right here. Three years ago, I made $20,000 offside projects. And last year I made 40,000 offside projects. And this year I'm shooting for 80,000. Yep. So I, I just keep trying to double uh, what I'm doing in terms of revenue. And, um, you know, all three of those numbers, by the way, puts me in the top 5% of, of, <laughs> income earners in the world <laughs> and that's just my side income yeah and so yeah. you know ultimately i feel pretty lucky to have been born in canada and to have you know had a computer when i was five and you know like already my life is way way better than the majority of the world and i don't take that for granted yeah um but on the other hand you know i'm i'd like to push and and reach my goal this year of of doing eighty thousand dollars in revenue and and we'll see you yeah. know i it, it's uh I've got I've got a few months left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So think, yeah, that's that's yeah. how I kind of look at it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of folks, uh, and this sort of maybe um, goes back to what we were talking about before, where they think they could just sort of buy uh, a blueprint and feel like this is all it will take, right? So even when uh, you know the developers listening to this go and and buy uh, your book, Marketing for Developers, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden people are just going to come in in droves and start buying their products. They have to actually work and implement the stuff that they're learning. And it might not be exactly to the T, right? It might be something, uh, maybe something that you're teaching them needs to be tweaked a little bit for their scenario or for their product, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and think- it, the, the book is basically just a bunch of things you can try. Right. So from the beginning, I say like, there, this is just a bunch of things you can try. And, you know... Uh, as the right now, it's the the last half of the book. the The first part of the book goes. Uh, there's you can't follow. Uh, you can't follow bad product with good marketing. Um, so y- no matter what, like you could have the best marketing in the world, but if it's a, something that nobody wants, it <laughs> there's nothing we can do to help that. Right. Uh, and so I say, you know, if you would like kind of more information about building something people want flip to the back of the book 
and there's kind of a, a framework for you know discovering and researching and trying to find ideas that people actually pay for. But you know most of the book is just tactics. Like here's something you can try before you launch. Here's something you can try when you launch. Here's something you can try after you launch. And it's just uh, you know tactic after tactic that they can try to you know use on their own products. Yeah, and so, and and I think in the last episode um, on on the Product People podcast, you talked about you were just uh, shoring up some of the videos. How are you structuring the sale of this book? I'm sure PDF and then videos, and then are you doing like a third tier, which might be you know talk to Justin Jackson about marketing the product? Yeah, right now it has three tiers. It's a complete package, which is the book, uh, a bunch of interview videos I've done with really great developers, people like uh, Garrett Diamond from Sifter, uh, Nate Cotney, who's now the CEO of HiRise, and then tutorial videos where I take you through, for example, here's how I set up Segment on my sites. Mm-hmm. Segment is part of my kind of the marketing stack I recommend. And so here's how I set up events. Here's you know me writing the code, putting it in, et cetera. And then there's some bonuses as well. There's uh, a landing page template, et cetera. Then there's a middle package that's $85. And then if you want just the book, it's going to be $39. And um, another idea I actually just had is that that first, that big package, I might do, um, Network Effects is a SMS app. And I, I'm really interested in this idea of like SMS and how like personal it is and, uh, how it's kind of like the the lowest common denominator when it comes to communication. Mm-hmm. And so I've thought about offering people 30 days of um, Q and A on via, via SMS, so they can they can text me whenever they have a marketing question. I like that. So I, I might be doing something like that too. But yeah, yeah right now three packages, and there's already uh, uh, there's a a paid beta going on right now. And so whoa, it looks like over. I just opened it up for 48 hours and it was look I th- over 100 people bought it and most folks so far have bought the uh, the book is number 1 and then the complete package is number 2 and then the middle package is number 3. Nice. Nice. Has there been anything that you sort of surprised you when you uh, after you launched and got some feedback from the beta users uh, you know something that you thought yeah you hit it dead on and then all of a sudden they were like I just don't quite understand this chapter or this doesn't really make any sense anything like that come up? Yeah, so there's a few things. Um one I mean one of the the early pieces of feedback so that 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 section I just described that I put at the end of the book was initially at the beginning of the book. It okay. was like this big section of, of theory on how, you know, how do you build something people want? And how do you validate that an idea is good? And part of the feedback I got was, you know, some people were like that like that just hit me so hard. Like I'm so glad you wrote that. But a lot of people said, you know, I've been reading so much about validating my idea and I just want to get right to the tactics. Like I want to know, I just want things I can try right now. And, and so I've kept it because I think it's important content, but I've to kind of appease the people that want to get right into the, the tactics, right into the tactical stuff. I've put it at the end of the book. So the first thing you get when you read the book is here's a bunch of tactics. Let's get right into it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's been really great. Um, I mean, the, the really 
cool thing is how willing people are to like give feedback to um, and just be really kind of respectful and kind with with the feedback they that they give so you know these are people that have paid to be a part of this beta and they're still really willing to you know ask for clarification in certain parts and you know uh, recommend other things they'd like to learn and so that that piece has been um, just awesome just to have this this audience of people that are eager to learn and are are like also willing to suggest you know here's what I'd like to learn next do you have one uh, sort of killer uh, promotional strategy for a new product that you can share as we wind down here? Is it is it doing something like a, a private beta and getting people sort of hyped up, ready to go, uh, and then launching into it? Does it vary per product? Um, anything that, you, that you'd say, you know what, I do this every single time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is to launch early, as early as you can, and get people to pay when you launch. Uh, so before you've launched, there's always people who have feedback, uh, people who have ideas, people who have suggestions. And I found that those ideas and suggestions are actually not worth that much because they are coming from people who have not paid for the product. Mm. And so when you launch, uh, especially if you have, you know, let's say 80 to 90 percent of that thing done, um, or maybe even better, you've launched a smaller version of that thing, like just the core, but, you know, for a lot less money. Um, getting it into the hands of people who are willing to take out their wallets, put in their credit card, and actually pay for the thing is the most valuable kind of feedback you can get. And if you know if the feedback right away is ninety nine percent of the people ask for a refund, you've got a pretty good idea of you know you're you're on the wrong track, right? <laughs> right. Um, but if you know the you know in the case of the book like a bunch of people bought it and now they're giving me this great feedback on what they want to learn next and they're giving me great feedback about clarifications they want and so you know i there's this one guy on my mailing list who's like no one's going to buy this it's, <laughs> you're, you know you're doing this all wrong and you know i'm i've done this enough times that i know that those people are usually not worth listening to because they're not the people willing to take out their wallets. Right. Uh, if that guy was willing to say, you know what, I love this idea so much, I just I'm gonna I'm willing to pay whatever, and then he had a bunch of feedback for me, I would listen. But the feedback you get before you've actually launched to paying customers is not that helpful. Uh, Jason Fried has this great quote: says There's only two people you should listen to: people who have just bought and people who have just canceled. And to me, that when you're launching something, that's like the best advice you can give. Get people to pay as quickly as you can and then listen to their feedback. Don't listen to the, you know, this noisy, uh, you know, the noisy riffraff that are not willing to pay for anything. Yeah. And that's so true, especially in the, in the WordPress space. Uh, a lot of folks just feel like they have to just give it all away for free and, and hope that someday they'll, you know, somebody will pay them for the, for a support version or a support license or something like that. I think if your product is solving, uh, something for somebody, it's worth something, uh, and they should get paid for it. A lot of folks just dive right into, I'm just going to give this away for free because that's the norm. Uh, and then I'll support you for eternity, <laughs> which is, yeah. uh, which is impossible. Yeah, and you can start small. I mean, you could if if you don't feel comfortable charging, I don't know, hundred dollars for something, charge five dollars. Yeah. Like, just see if anyone will pay you five dollars for this thing, and 
if they are, if all of a sudden you've got you know a hundred five dollar sales, that's a pretty good indicator that maybe you could double the price and then double it again and keep listening to those customers and keep responding to their feedback. Uh, you might find like eventually that thing that you thought was you know worthless or just worth nothing, worth free, is might be willing might be worth three hundred dollars. Mm. Like we're talking about software, right? Uh, <laughs> so I. That's the one thing that kind of blows my mind about the WordPress community is that people will release a free plugin that, you know, literally a jackass like me can turn around and start, you know, making money with. And they're completely left out of the equation. And uh, I, like I said earlier, I, I'd like to see more WordPress developers getting paid. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the book is called Marketing for Developers, or the new upcoming book is called Marketing for Developers. Where can folks uh, go ahead and sign up so they'll get notified when that bad boy launches? JustinJackson.ca slash marketing for developers. Justin, it has been an amazing time talking to you. I mean, you you brought it to the table, man. Uh, <laughs> you brought WordPress to the table. I'm so glad uh, that you had so much experience with that and so much to say. We could probably go on forever, but 56 minutes and 50 seconds is probably long enough. Uh, <laughs> so I do appreciate it, man. I wish you all the best. Uh, where can folks find you again on the web to say thanks? Uh, go to justinjackson.ca. That's my blog. And on Twitter, I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin. M I Justin. And everybody else, you know the drill. We've got... Uh, two reviews in Canada. We want 100 in the U.S. <laughs> so if you go to iTunes, search for Matt Report, try to get us to 100 reviews. We're at 6970 right now. That would be awesome. If you want to stay subscribed, it's mattreport.com slash subscribe. We'll see you next time.